the text spoken by the voices and the sound volume are exactly the same as in the original recording. The 4th of April is the anniversary of the death of Martin Luther King, the American civil rights leader. King was born and brought up in Atlanta, Georgia. He rose to prominence in the civil rights movement when he led the Montgomery bus boycott in Alabama in 1955. He returned to Atlanta in 1960 to work as a pastor at the Ebenezer Baptist Church and it remained his own base until his death in 1968. On this week last year, the National Federation of Community Broadcasters held its annual conference in Atlanta. Steve Buckley of Sheffield Life was invited to take part. He took the opportunity to bring us this report from Auburn Avenue. It really doesn't matter what happens now. I left Atlanta this morning and as we got started on the plane, there were six of us. The pilot said over the public address system, we are sorry for the delay. But we have Dr. Martin Luther King on the plane. And to be sure that all of the bags were checked. And to be sure that nothing would be wrong on the plane. We had to check out everything carefully. And we've had the plane protected and guarded all night. And then I got into Memphis. And some began to say the threats. I talk about the threats that were out. Uh, what would happen to me from some of our sick white brothers? Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know the night 
that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. That was Martin Luther King speaking with extraordinary premonition on the evening before his assassination by a sniper's bullet, Memphis, the 4th of April, 1968. Last Sunday, I walked down the street where Martin Luther King was born and brought up, where he preached at Ebenezer Baptist Church, and where now he is buried. Well, I'm in Oban Avenue, and I'm just outside the Top Hat Royal Peacock Club, which it says here was one of Atlanta's leading nightclubs. This popular nightclub was patronised by white and black residents of Atlanta and noted celebrities such as Joe Lewis and Jackie Robinson. Some of the nation's most popular entertainers performed here, including Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, James Brown, Dinah Washington and the Supremes. Well, Big Bethel is a quite an impressive grey church. It's, uh, looks like grey granite bricks. It's almost like a castle. Um, inside, it's more like a city hall. This is one of a number of historic landmarks in the Sweet Oban Historic District. Well, I'm going to carry on. I'm, uh, the church is on the corner of Oban Avenue and Jesse Hill Jr. Drive. I'm going to carry on now down Oban Avenue. Right, now I'm down at the corner of, um, on a, still on Oban Avenue, but on the corner of Bell Street. And just across the road is Pal's Lounge, um, uh, R&B, Blues and Jazz, it says. Um, it's daytime, so there's fortunately not going to be any blues and jazz playing right now. I've known about that last night, I might have come here. Just going to go, going past the, going past now the Clay Cup Coffee. And a billiard arcade cutting across all of this now is an expressway which is kind of going overhead so I'm going under a, under the expressway the other side um, is Fort, crossing Fort Street and uh, carrying on down Open Avenue so I don't suppose the expressway was here 50 years ago Just coming into the main part of the Martin Luther King heritage site. Um, I'll just cross the road here, just um, traffic's a bit busy. Um, uh, well, there's this huge face, a huge bronze face in the middle of a little park just across the road. Um, it says here, King, the King Historic District. To the right, Sweet Oban Market, and straight on Martin Luther King National Historic Site. And there's a kind of a auditorium-shaped grassy bank here, and a bit of a park, and a huge face with uh, with holes for eyes. It says, "Through his eyes, a memorial tribute to John Wesley Dobbs by Ralph Helmick, the sculptor. It's cast in bronze at the Shidom Foundry." 
some woman walking past me in a bright purple hat. Must be her Sunday best. I can imagine she's just come from church. Now, further up Open Avenue is the church in which Martin Luther King actually preached. Um, but there's quite a number of other churches here as well. And what I'm going past now is another one called the Wheat Street Baptist Church. In Wheat Street. There's a big placard on the outside of it. This property has been placed on the National Register of Historic Places by the United States Department of the Interior, presented to Dr. William Holmes Borders, Senior Pastor, Wheat Street Baptist Church, from 1937 until, and it doesn't say, uh, maybe still is, well, that seems a bit unlikely. Um, and the placard, anyway, was put up here on February 26, 1984, so presumably at least he was still the pastor in in 1984. So there you go. Most of his life. Now then, the Martin Luther King National Historical Site is to the left, as I'm coming up here now to Jackson Street. Um, that's, this is the new site that's been built in 1980. And on the right-hand side is the Ebenezer Baptist Church which is the church where not only Martin Luther King preached, but also so did his father and his grandfather. And I'm just going to go across the road and see if I can get into it. We're outside the Ebenezer Baptist Church now, but it says closed for major restoration project. Um, there's a view, there's a picture of what it looks like on the inside um, and it says that the National Park Service's goal is to restore this historic structure back to the period of the 1960s um, okay. so this of course is a historic landmark this site possesses national significance in commemorating the history of the United States of America that's what it says. May 5th, 1977, National Park Service, United States Department of the Interior. And this is what they have to tell us about it. The Ebenezer Baptist Church Heritage Sanctuary, 407413 Open Avenue. A spiritual, social and political centre. A home away from home for generations of black Atlantans. Under the leadership of the Williams and King families, the church dedicated itself to helping individuals with their everyday food, shelter and health needs. During the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 1960s, Ebenezer gained a worldwide reputation as a springboard for educational, voter registration and other civic reforms. There's a quote here from Reverend King Sr., who it says used to tell us on Sundays... I love you, Ebenezer, I love you. That's what we were told. That's why I'm still at my church, because of the love he gave not only to his children, but to the whole membership. There's a picture of Martin Luther King Sr. in the front row and some early members of the Ebenezer Baptist Church here on the placard on the outside. Uh, from, from a electronic supplier. It's, oh, yeah! It's for journalism, you know? 
Oh, yeah, I like that. You're journalists, huh? Um, I'm a journalist for community radio station. Okay, that's yeah. nice. That's cute. And you like talk, talk, and tell you what you've got to say in there. I'm just talking my way around the district here oh, and okay. looking at some of the placards and hey, things. that guy right there, he can tell you anything about yeah. the whole land. He lived there all his life. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So go on and talk to oh, him. We'll definitely do that then. Thank you. What, what's your name? Oliver Huck. You writing a book or you write for a paper? Um, I'm with a community radio station in the north of England, mm-hmm. um, in Sheffield, um, but it's a community-based radio station. It involves all the different communities in our town. Um, yeah. you, do you listen to the community radio here? I, w- I visited WRFG mm-hmm. the other day. Yeah, WRFG, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and we have a station a bit like that in Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Well, this is my first time in Atlanta. Yeah? Yeah. You'll come back to Atlanta. Atlanta is the, quote, the new city. Up and coming, you think? Up and coming, yeah. It'll be a new international city. You'll be put back to Atlanta probably more. And <laughs> I mean, I came here, you know, as a teenager and back in the 60s. And, uh, well, they had a lot of marching and, you know, a lot of protests going on. I was in school but in, over in the local AU Center. What's your first memory of this place? My first memory? Um... Actually, I started coming here when I was a small child, and I guess, you know, at the size of it, at, as a small child, you know, it was a big church. I, the old, the father was preaching then, and, but the, I think what attracted me to it more was that they would always have food and stuff. So as a child, that's what kind of attracted me to it. But as I grew up, really, um, when after he became involved in the civil rights thing, by that time I was I was in college, so I was attracted to his message, and it just seemed everybody kind of gathered, congregated around this place, and I just stayed. After graduating, I never moved my membership. I just stayed. Even even when I moved away for a little while, I I kept my membership here. So how long have you been a member of this church? Oh. Let's go 40 plus years. 40 plus, I think about 47 years. Sorry, 48 years, something like that. It's the early 60s. Yeah. It was quite a quite an experience during that time because, like I said, a lot of people came. They were attracted to this because that's where all the activity was, that civil rights people come here to come to meetings. Particularly when he was preaching, it was more like... Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a great lecture. You go to it was more like that than just a preaching thing because it it, it it inspires you to do something. So every time we was picking in Richardson and the place down there at some of the department stores and he and they you know they had locked they were locking us up and they had worry got out that if we came down again they were gonna lock all of us up. So we went down. And row, we went down in teams. Every time they lock up one group, another group would come. So he came down and spoke to us. So well, you know, we kind of come and get y'all out. I forgot exactly what he said, but there's so many words he said that, uh, you know, what y'all are doing is right. And sometimes people don't people that are not gonna agree with you. Some of your own people won't agree with you, but it's just the right thing to do. And he went on such some things. So you know, that was so we left. They did get us out. We left. Went back to the campus singing. Singing the songs, you know, but uh, it just kind of stuck with. It was an inspiration, I guess, to 
to move forward. And the thing about this, the inspiring thing about this church is such that uh, it was just ordinary people. I mean, people just come from all walks of life, of course. But it was primarily just everyday common people that decided, you know, they would follow somebody who had a message that meant that they could change their situation and change their community. So that was a powerful message at the time. It still is, really. I mean, you can, you can, you can affect change if you, you know, get your ideas and everything together and you stay to it. You can make change happen. So that was the inspiring things about this to my church. My children grew up here and everything, so I'm still here. Now working, so I'm retired, so I'm working just to help out here sometimes, do some things. And it's yeah. it's nearly 40 years now since he died. Uh-huh, yeah. It's uh, quite a place, but they can say you kind of, other people come and see and they want, they like, it's kind of feeling the awe of it, but you get so used to it every day, thing. you believe. I have very few pictures of the place. I was thinking about it, and I said, you know, why you take some pictures of some of these things around here and some stuff, but you just the interest in doing stuff, so you never, you know, stop to take pictures. Like, and I guess what's kind of, that made me think about it, uh, I see all the tourists come through here, and they got cameras, they just taking, you know, <laughs> taking the wall, taking everything. I said, well, I don't have any of that. <laughs> but, hopefully. Hopefully I'll get a chance to take some on time for my grandchildren, maybe. The church is closed at the moment, is it? Yeah, it is. It's uh, closed. They're going to restore it back to right. like it was when it was in the 60s. So it probably take, they said, they closed it in September. So they said it probably take a year or maybe 18 months. So we, had, we didn't have very many services over there anyway. Most of the services are all over there. We have sometimes like a small service. I saw a group of coming in or something like that. We have a service over there, but it was mostly for tours in a way. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, they, they come here just to go in and just to see that, and they're disappointed. And I, I feel for my album, hoping they could have left a little peepholes or something that what people could see. But it's all up on the second level, so <laughs> you can't see what's in the basement. It's just the basement. So they couldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully they'll be able to get back, though, to ones who don't see it and be able to get back and see it. I say to you today, my friend, so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners 
Will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racist, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. And every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the crevaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and Mole Hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, 
free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. And how far away do you think we are from realizing his dream? Oh, in some ways, I guess, you know, we, we, Torn, broken down a lot of the barriers and so forth. I think we still have a lot, a lot of a long way to go in in that sense. Um, may not, given the nature of mankind, we may not ever get there. That's just you know the way I might take on it. But as long as we are trying and striving to do something, I think each step may give us an improvement. Yeah, and mankind and their relationship to each other, and we we still have to try and try to do that. You know, we got this election going on here and there, and it makes you think about that. You know, if the here's the black African American or whatever we call is um, could become the president of the U.S. Something um, some people would say, you know, it would never happen. Some say it won't be in my lifetime. Da, da, da. But it, it would happen at some point, of course. Uh, I think it's if we can move beyond our hang up when to deal with the racial part of racial thing of each other, we can get beyond that because, I mean, you know, everybody running is qualified. I mean, there's no, no no qualification issue there, but it's just a matter. Where do you want to take our country? Where we want to move it from? Yeah, so I think he represents. What I would think the the best where we want to take it, how we want to move it forward, particularly as you come to the international relationship, our president and that stuff, a lot of the stuff that we have now, it's just and some of my friends that he messed up the whole world. <laughs> but you know, so having improvement and that would be a great improvement in itself if we could just do that and move forward with that. Great. Okay, well, thanks very much. Well, that was Oliver, and he's a member of the Ebenezer Baptist Church, and he runs the gift shop, but he's been a member of the church since 1961, and he remembers Dr. Martin Luther King. This is right next to the Ebenezer Baptist Church. Um, There's a big open... Square, Martin Luther King Jr. Center for Nonviolent Social Change. And uh, there's, there's about eight trees here and a little chapel. And then in the middle of the square is a white tomb. And this is the tomb of Martin Luther King. It's also now the tomb of his wife, Coretta Scott King, who died in 2006, January 30th, 2006. Martin Luther King died 40 years ago, 4th of April, 1968, assassinated in Memphis. This white tomb is situated in the middle of a 
expanse of water. Says Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., 1929 to 1968. And he has the quote Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. And next to it also is an epitaph for Coretta Scott King. She was born 1927, died in 2006. And it's a quote from Corinthians. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Opposite the tomb of Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King is the eternal flame that symbolises the continuing effort to realise Dr. King's ideals. And the flame is blowing from the centre of this small circle, marking those ideals. in every hamlet, from every state and every city. We will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. That was a report by Steve Buckley for Sheffield Life. To mark the anniversary of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King that took place on the 4th of April, 1968. You have been listening to Mind Labs. Sheffield Life's open creative slot. Join us next time for something more which isn't the same. The same. The same.